Hi, this is Lewis Black, and uh, you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, we talk to good friend of the show, Paul Mercurio. Now, if you haven't seen Paul do stand-up live, you've likely seen him on one of the many cable talk shows, most likely uh, Red Eye on the Fox News channel there with uh, Greg Gutfeld, I believe it is. He does a lot of other shows, too, though. Make the round, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ESPN, talking sports, talking about anything that's going on in the world, in the news, or we hear more from Paul in just a bit. Song of the Week is from a group called Slaves. They're from the UK, not to be confused with a group, I believe, from Los Angeles, also called Slaves. But we'll hear that at the end of the show. Uh, for the dumb bit, oh, you kids are in for a treat. Uh, it's not one that I've done. This is a professional uh, dumb bit. And it's not dumb. It's actually very smart. It's our friend Jeff Tate just released an album. His album is called Again. He is a comedian from Cincinnati. He is uh, mostly... Headlining, uh, I would say, smaller clubs right now and featuring for, uh, I think, Doug Stanhope and definitely Doug Benson. So if you've seen Doug Benson, you've probably seen Jeff Tate feature. Jeff is super, super hilarious. And uh, it was really hard picking a track from his album to play. I narrowed it down to Express Lane and Healthcare. I decided to go with Healthcare. Uh, It's really hilarious. So uh, let's have a listen to that. Dad recently found the Tea Party's Facebook page and the share button. (laughs) And that is a problem for me. The Tea Party is my favorite all-time political party because, as of now, they still don't stand for anything. They are simply against all the things we have. That's their their platform is schools. Okay. But then what? Don't know. But I'm tired of paying for schools. Are you serious? People are dumb and we have schools. You get rid of schools, it's gonna be Thunderdome in a month. I don't care if those kids learn anything. Just keep them busy till four o'clock. <laughs> the Tea Party, he did, I saw this the other day. He posted, like he reposted this from the Tea Party's page and it was about uh, universal healthcare or whatever. And it said, uh, the government gives healthcare to prisoners. Do you want the government to treat you like a prisoner? Yeah, I do. I've been picking citizen this whole time, and it sucks. I didn't know there was a second option. What? Holy Yeah, if prisoner's on the table, I'll take that. Prisoners get shelter, food, and health care. Out here, I gotta find money to get all that myself. Unless I can't find money, and then I start stealing things and robbing people to get money to pay for those things until I get caught, at which point I am given all those things. (laughs) 
seems like a pretty good plan. <laughs> and then they like to say, you know what? Crime doesn't pay. Mm, yeah, it does. It kind of does. <laughs> if survival is all you're going for. I'll give you this. Crime doesn't have a great retirement program. <laughs> but if day-to-day -day survival is what you're after, crime pays pretty well. About like Starbucks. <laughs> You get benefits. Most, most of our jobs don't give us benefits, but just simply going to jail, you get to see a doctor. Because it's considered cruel and unusual punishment to not be able to see a doctor if you're in jail. If you're not in jail, it's not unusual at all. <laughs> it's just you're poor, and that's gross. If God loved you, you wouldn't be. <laughs> right? Stop blaming everyone else and look inside for a while. I watched the movie The Fighter, and in The Fighter, it's a true story, and the Christian Bale character, his teeth were all f***ed up because he smoked crack all the time, and then he punched a cop and went to prison for 10 months, and while he was in prison, they gave him new teeth. All he had to do was punch a cop. That's not even offered as a payment option. <laughs> At my dental care facility. Right? When I say I want new teeth, they go, it's 10 grand. They don't say or. They should say or. There is another way. Plan B is more of an inpatient scenario. But you know what? If you don't got the 10,000 bucks, you could punch a cop, go to prison for 10 months. And you know what? While you're in there, one of those dudes might f you. But, but you'll get new teeth. And then I will have all the information I need to properly weigh my options. I can write up a pros and cons list. Con, I don't have $10,000. Pro, the word might is a very powerful word in that sentence. One of those dudes might me. They might not. It's like we're completely ignoring the fact that I could be a badass. And I f*** them. <laughs> and I get new teeth. <laughs> winner, winner, I can finish my dinner because my teeth aren't soft anymore. This episode of PF's Tape Recorder is brought to you by Home Shirts Cleveland. For all of your Northeast Ohio vintage t-shirt needs, visit homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. You'll also find links to the original Cincy Shirts site, as well as Home Shirts Indianapolis, with more cities to come. That's homeshirts.com forward slash Cleveland. Now, on with the show. Paul Mercurio is a stand-up comedian, TV personality, and fellow podcaster who was once a high-powered Wall Street attorney, as many of you may know. He currently works on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, has tons of other projects in the works. Here now is our interview with Paul Mercurio. Hello, Paul. Hey, man. How are you? Hey, how are you, man? Good. What's going on? How's life? Uh, pretty good. How's life with you? Good. You know, just running around. I'm just in LA for the week. How's the, you know, working out there in the dark week from the show? And uh, 
Keeps it, keeps it good, though. How's, uh, how's the family? Everybody good? Everybody's good. Uh, uh, fangirl is picking a college. Lizzie's busy making who's, videos. Uh, so, who's, yeah. Who's looking, who's looking at college? My oldest. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. That's, a, that's a big step. That is, yeah, yeah. Uh, very stressful, uh, of course. Uh, we're doing a lot of <laughs> leg work on it this week. Um, now, uh, what I want to ask you about, you you still have the podcast, but of course people should know that it has a new name if uh, they've been looking for it. Yeah, it's called Two Chairs, Adam Carolla Presents, Paul Mercurio, Two Chairs and a Microphone. I tried to make it as long as possible. <laughs> and uh, for folks that haven't listened in a while, you may want to resubscribe, because if you go to the old Paul Mercurio Show feed... Uh, it's not there. You have to resubscribe, I think, in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, you go. To, they should go to paulmercurio dot com to subscribe, and uh-huh. um, we is a pay subscription. It's a small fee, and I'll explain why. If you want to just mention part of this, that would be that would be great. Okay, this is for the article. This is for the article, but basically, we wanted to keep it ad free, and you know. A lot of my listeners, anyway, were kind of complaining about the ads, and it was feeling more and more like a regular radio show. But it does cost money to produce it, so yeah. we have uh, we offer two two episodes a month, and uh, it's it's three ninety nine a month or thirty five dollars a year. It's literally you get one hundred and four episodes for thirty five dollars. It's thirty three cents an episode, so it's super cheap and. It's also the caliber of the guests we're getting. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, it's really special. People say, like, well, why should I pay? Why get something free? Because you're going to get access to our long form interviews with Paul McCartney, Brian Cranston, Judd Apatow, uh, Adam McKay, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Stephen Colbert, uh, that, that Jay Leno, that caliber of person. So, you know, for thirty-three cents, I mean, you know, God, it's, you can't buy penny candy for thirty-three cents anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, you know, you look at the roster on on this program, and you can pretty much find interviews, you know, all over the place with the people I interview for the most part. Not you know, there's a couple we get that are you know, the Welcome to Night Vale folks. That was a nice pull for us. But for the most yeah, part, yeah, yeah getting at the same. But like I know with your roster, it's yeah, it's people I never hear on podcast. Neil deGrasse Tyson, another one. Now he's never on pod. We tried to get him, couldn't. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm. Uh, I just did. Um, uh, I'm going to do uh, Paul Reiser's another one. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Someone that doesn't do a lot of them, but you know, um, you know, Michael Imperioli. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they, I just wanted to do like, uh, you know, Larry the Table Guy, uh, Terry Gilliam. It's not just all comedians either. Right. You know, Terry Gilliam, a brilliant Monty Python originator and director. So it's um, I wanted to do a variety of people, of a variety of walks of life because that's my interest. Right. Um, and uh, I. Um, I just, you know, I I think that there's people out there uh, that are interesting and that you know a little bit about but don't know a lot about or people you think you know a lot about but you don't that you can get with this kind of thing. You know, it's, um, I, I, you know, because that was the other thing that was, uh, you know, for us anyway, I don't want to speak for other uh, 
other studies, like mm-hmm. other podcasts, like, you know, some of the podcasts, the um, advertising required to be done during the taping, and you kind of break up the conversation and stuff, and, and that's something that you just didn't want to do. And yeah. uh, this has uh, really worked out to be a great a great thing for us. So, you know, we like I said, a big variety, Meredith Vieira, Thomas Friedman of the New York Times, Gilbert Gottfried, so... You're pretty much, if you got an interest, you're going to find somebody there you want to listen to or hear about. Yes, definitely. Now, you always have some other projects going on in the background. Uh, do you have anything going on uh, specifically these days that you're excited about, or is the late show taking up uh, a lot of your time and, of course, being on the road? Uh, yeah, well, I'm working on the late show, and, you know, I'm going uh, to do the uh, warm-up on the show and also going to be doing some on-air segments as well. Which I'm excited about. Oh, cool! And uh, so, like a contributor. Nice. Uh, yeah, and um, so that has kept me really busy. And sort of, you know, with the show up and running, just the last, you know, seven months, they you know, wanted everybody in town as much as possible to work on it. Uh, but it's been great. And in the meantime, I shot uh, two episodes of a talk show for me, born out of my podcast, uh, long form hour-long talk shows that I shot for TV um, at the Village Underground, a really cool club downtown here in the city. Comedy Cellar at the Village Underground. It's one of the Comedy Cellar rooms. And uh, I did one with Bob Tackleplate and one with Gilbert Godfrey, and we're bringing that uh, to a couple of potential buyers to get that uh, placed and then start producing that. So that's been the big big thing that I've been doing. And... Uh, uh, one of the reasons I was just in Los Angeles was uh, the summer that we're talking to about it. So I wanted to do a late night show. It's very casual, more hip and edgy. I wanted to do something that was uh, unlike. Sorry, I'm just jet lagged. Uh, <laughs> um, um, you know, there's, a, there's five late night shows that are kind of all the same. You know, they, there's you know the same format. You know. Uh, and I just feel, and then there's Charlie Rose, and there's really nothing in between that sort of takes the, the thickness and the fun of a late night show, but also the more long form, cool, in depth interview of a Charlie Rose and puts it together. So I've done that with a long form interview, one guest for an hour, and comedy interspersed, not just in the interview, but comedy, written comedy segments as part of the show. So it's like very casual, just two chairs and stable, not a formal desk, I'm not in a suit, it's like two guys just hanging out, shooting the shit at a bar, kind of thing, but obviously it's a TV show with a yeah. 250 seat audience, four camera shoot, you know, it's not filming a podcast being done, it's not watching two guys with headphones talking into a microphone, it's a TV show, I say it's born out of my podcast only in so far as it, um, the impetus is that I really get, been getting great response to my interviews and the caliber of people I have on the show and how in-depth you can get with people. And so I thought, well, there should be something like that on TV because there really isn't, you know. Yeah. You know? Um, and, uh, so it came out really great. I'm really excited about it. Cool. Well, uh, fingers crossed for that, certainly. Um, how's, yeah. your, how's your son, by the way? I, I forgot to ask. Uh, my son is uh, almost 14. Wow. baseball. Yeah, and, uh, well, he's 13, I guess almost 14, he's 13 playing baseball, and I started juicing him, 
You know, I want to get him <laughs> as big league as soon as possible. I want to play for my Red Sox. So there you go. He's on a very, he's on a very strict steroid and human growth hormone <laughs> regimen. Um, I get mine through Peyton Manning's wife. It gets sent <laughs> to her, and then she uses "quote unquote" what she needs to use, and then somebody else in the house uses what he needs to use. I don't want to mention any names, and then I get it. Uh, the other thing is, uh, um, my scripted half hour, which I've talked about in the past, you know, we, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We've got a really great, um, writer at the Warner Brothers studio attached to it, and, uh, we're hoping to pitch it as soon as this pilot season's over, but he really likes the project, and, uh, he's been, um, produced, and everything from Will and Grace to, uh, Everybody loves Raymond to uh, uh, 30 Rock, and we also have a director who's been associated with 30 Rock and directed Steve Burrell's movie, um, um, uh, the great the Burton Understone movie, and does got a lot of directing out of the big hit sitcoms like Two Broke Girls. He's going to produce it as well. So that's some really great, you know, um, kind of high-level people in the business, as they say, yes. uh, attached to it, and that's really a big step. So so that's moving in a really good direction, and I'm really excited about that, and I'm doing my TV appearances as I've been doing. I was going to ask about that, yeah, because I don't have cable. I've been, have you been doing a lot of those talking head appearances? I know you do a Gutfeld show a lot, and, uh, you know, you... Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of a, you know, make the round, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, even ESPN, talking sports. Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. Yeah, you know, just, talking about anything that's going on in the world, in the news, and with this presidential campaign. Uh, there's like, oh my God, it's like shooting fish at a barrel, you know? I know, so, right? It's unbelievable. Like, you just, it's almost, and it's almost comedy in its own right. Like, you know, like you can't, it's like making, it's, it's like making comedy of something that's already comedic it's like yeah. sort of making fun of professional wrestling in a way you know right yeah and and just today i mean apparently um trump said that he made reference to iran and north korea as being our biggest trading partners and he doesn't even know who our biggest trading partners are it's like, <laughs> it's, like it's insanity it's like i should be president you know <laughs> well you've got um, you know, you've got a background. You're not, you know, you're you're a pretty smart fellow. You, you know, were on Wall Street. Uh, you went to some prestigious colleges, and uh, you know, it's not. You're not some. You're not some monkey up there on stage, just you know, doing. Exactly. Set of punch I'm lines. not just a piece of meat. Right. Yeah. 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 I, people. I, yeah. People. I mean, yes, a lot of people want to sleep with me. I mean, I understand that, but uh, you know, I have to. Want, I, you know, I do have substance. I'm not just a. I'm not just this empty-headed guy, which exactly. I kind of am, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty insane. Yeah, in fact, you know, I get it. I get being a former lawyer, you know, working on Wall Street and everything. I get to tap into into my um, into my uh, uh, you know, I guess legal background, if you will, you know, in terms of like you know, just. Some of the things that people say in this whole conversation about First Amendment and everything else, yeah, yeah, and uh, that kind of thing, um, you know, it's just a good to, to be able to tap into that, you know. So that, you know, the talking about stuff is is really been is really been like sort of a um, 
because, but you know, it's, I think it's important on these shows because a lot of times you get people from the right and people from the left are all saying the same thing. And like, I think it's good to have somebody that's actually, <laughs> you know, not serving somebody's agenda. And that's kind of yeah, what my exactly. job is, I think, you know, yeah. kind of like, I don't want to say play it straight, but like, you know, not, not tow anybody's party line and really like talk about honestly the issues and not, not have an agenda. So, so I've been, uh, I've been doing that, you know, the scripted half hour that I mentioned with, uh, the one of this guy and everything is based on my life story of, you know, left to Wall Street to be a comedian and that whole machination and, uh, all of that. And, uh, just kind of a guy who thinks he has his life figured out and he's got a lot of doubts and scared shitless and all of that. And, um, so it's a, uh, it's a pretty crazy story that people seem to be reacting to. Louis Black, who I used to write Back in Black with on the late, on the Daily Show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, along with my writing partner. Um, we would write that every week with him. Um, along with a producer there, uh, named Hank Gallo. That was so much fun because we get these little crazy stories and we're like, well, what are we going to do with these? Like, well, let's start Lewis talk about it and we'd sit in a room and like, we watch these crazy news stories from like different, uh, different cities and stuff and just yeah. how insane. Um, now, did like, you did you happen to be the ones that wrote um, Glenn Beck has Nazi Tourette's? Because I still think that is my favorite, uh, Back in Black. Uh, Glenn Beck what? Glenn Beck has Nazi Tourette's. It was just a bunch of clips of him saying everything was Nazism. Yeah. Uh, that one, I don't think I wrote. No, I mean, that was... Uh, hold on one second. Sure. Uh, no, but we kind of brainstormed that, and that was something that actually... Lewis wrote mostly himself, but oh, we okay. kind of brainstormed the general idea with him, you oh, know, cool. but, um, but we, um, you know, we've, uh, it's just been so much fun over the years, you know, we did it, gosh, I don't know, probably seven, eight years with him, you know, yeah, and yeah, yeah, just, tons. It, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, the stuff that, uh, the stuff that you get, because <laughs> the stories are never big enough for, like, for John to do. Yeah. As a main headline story. But we'd have these things and they were like gold. And it's like, God, what are we going to do with these? What are we going to do with these? It's crazy. And, um, and then it hit on us. It's like, well, why don't we get, don't we get Lewis and get him to do something? And it just was just a fit. It was like a perfect fit, you know, it was a glove that oh, fit yeah. perfectly. And, um, so it's been, it's been really, uh, that, that was really a lot of fun. It's been fun. And, um, uh, and then the late show with Colbert has been like the big, you know, asked me to come on board and work on the show. And that was like, well, okay, well, I get to be part of the daily show and have myself attached to that. And now this show, it's pretty, pretty rarefied air, you know, in the sense oh, yeah. that like you get these shows that, these new, these new shows that come on board that are major sort of franchise shows and to be part of it in a little way, you know, small ways like crazy. So. So it's been a big, busy seven or eight months, you know. Yeah. A lot of stuff to going on, and uh, and um, I'm going to run for president. I decided to they, do that. Because why not? 
anybody yeah. else. I can't be any worse than anybody else. I was going right? to say, there's, there's yeah. the minimum qualifications don't seem to be, uh, there don't seem to be any. You know, when you, you apply for a job, as I've done many times over the years, you know, minimum requirements <laughs> for the job, there don't seem to be any. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then when you ask the person what your qualifications are, you can just lash out at them and say you're biased and a liberal media asshole. Yeah. And, um, and people kind of, you know, leave you alone. It's unbelievable to me. That's the part that I've been talking about. That's like, it's like it just doesn't seem to matter. Um, like, like it, I don't know. It just doesn't. Seem, no one, no one seems to care. Like, except the press and the people asking the questions. Like, um, I don't even think they do. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that alarming more than anything else? It's like, and then when they get asked, it's like, but. It, it, but no one even pushes back. Trump was on Anderson Cooper's show a couple of weeks ago, and we did a bit about this on my show here, is that Trump, yeah, Trump's a great negotiator when he can make up the whole scenario. He's talking about the Iran deal, and he goes, oh, I would have called them and said this and this, and then they would have done this, and then they would have come back and done this, and I I'm like, well, if you're making up the whole thing, and Anderson Cooper's just sitting there, not calling him on it. It's like, you're making this all up, you realize. I mean, you could, you, you could script this whole thing out. Of course you're going to be the winner. Did, did Anderson say that to him? No, like, no, not, no, 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 just sat there. Just sat there and said, okay, well, some people say this. And, oh, God, thanks, Anderson. Yeah, I don't know why. It seems like lately they've been doing it more, but for the most part, um, like, I don't know if you read that editorial. Uh, that he had a meeting with the Washington Post board. And I you read the... I didn't read it. I saw, I saw that. Scary. I didn't look that up. Yeah, yeah. Go read, go read essentially the report on it, the transcript, and uh, it's like a like a ranting homeless guy. Like, he just <laughs> keeps like repeating stuff like I'm up in the polls and I'm going to go after Hillary next, and uh, it's just like there's no. It's just sort of like he woke up and decided to do it. And then you're kind of like on your own. And in the meantime, um, you know, guys like Kasich and you know, whatever, who are like, I'm not necessarily a Kasich fan, but I think he's qualified, uh, is like out of his mind. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. So, so, like, so, I don't know. Um, and I got a couple of other things that are in the works right now, but okay. I don't want to... We, we can get into it like the next time we do this because sure. I think it'll be more fleshed out and there's oh, yeah. some new that's, stuff to talk about like fine. one's an animated show that oh, I okay. was playing with and you know sounds fun uh, but, so yeah yeah so um, so yeah so there's a lot of stuff going on between the Colbert show and the talk show and the, and uh, you know uh, I might be doing something with uh, Spike Jones's company as well that's one of the things but oh, I'll, nice. I'll circle back with you sounds good well, cool, man. Yeah. Glad things are going well this, for you. Yeah, is this enough stuff for you? Oh yeah, it's plenty. Let um, me uh, let me send you a. I'll email you a new headshot. That excellent. You can send in with it, um, and uh, I don't know if you have this one, but you can send this in if you want, and that's cool with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always good. Um, do you ever come to New York? Uh, actually, my wife went last time, and I I said to her, I said, you know. I could probably get you and your friends into the Daily Show. This is back when you were uh, still there. She's like, ah, because that's not not really her bag. But she goes more often than I do. Um, we might go sometime though. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, just, just something else, man. It's fun to hang out and have a beer yeah. and, you know, do that. I, I, I don't know. Did we ever hang out in, uh, on the rides on the road at all? No, um, when you were going to be in Dayton, I only work like two miles from the Dayton Club uh, for my other day job. And uh, mm-hmm. but you've been doing radio all day, and uh, I think you were just in for like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. And uh, I, you know, I'm down back in Cincinnati on uh, Saturday. Uh, so, but yeah, we'll. Uh, I mean, you're around a lot, and we have got three clubs now here in Cincinnati. So I'm sure you'll wind yeah, up you've got, again. You got uh, Gold Bananas. You got the Funny Bone. We've done both of those. What's the other one? We have a new Funny Bone in one of the northern suburbs, and then the Dayton Funny Bone really is within driving distance of. Uh, Cincinnati, as is Wiley's, so really we have five. But wait, didn't they, uh, oh, they closed Toledo, I think, right? I don't know. Someone was just at Toledo. I think Josh Sneed was just there. Maybe not. Somebody was just in Toledo. <clears throat> um, which, as, I mean, I, what these days is the better, is Goat Bananas still doing business and kicking oh, yeah. around? Or is it... Oh, yeah, totally. And that's really more... I did an article for MapQuest where I outlined the, all the clubs in the area. And, um, yeah, Go Bananas is still, like, the comedy room for the comedy aficionado. And mm-hmm. the Funny Bone is still more the room where people go, are more like, let's go to a comedy club. I mean, you have, you know, I'm sure people that go to Funny Bone know who the comedians are. And vice versa, people go to Go Bananas and say, oh, let's just go to a comedy club. But I think you've got a more engaged crowd as a rule of thumb. Whereas the Funny Bone's a little more loosey-goosey with the audience and, you know, it's... Yeah, you know, people, but I mean, it's not like the, I, I don't think the audience is when you say fifty-nine. They're not snobs about comedy. No, 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 not snobs. No, it's not. But it's just that uh, people will be a bit chattier at the funny bone rooms. I think, and they don't seem to do a lot about that. <laughs> so yeah, if people are distracted, yeah, especially in such a large room too. You know, go bananas is a lot smaller and a lot more intimate. So if people are you know not paying attention or chatting among themselves, they'll they'll cut that down pretty quickly. And uh, but at the funny bone, it's kind of like eh. It takes a lot for them to say something to people. I mean, they say something in the beginning like all clubs do, but it just seems they don't really, I don't know, not good at enforcing it, maybe, but... Yeah, yeah I hear you. I yeah. hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, um, you know, I'll uh, definitely be getting back there, so maybe we can hang out when I get back there. So, Excellent. Uh, Excellent plan. Uh, all right, man. Um, all right, man. Well, let me know if you need anything else. I just sent you uh, the um, some picks, a couple of picks, cool. and uh, you think you got enough there to... Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I'm trying to keep busy, so every time I talk, you have something to write about. Okay, that's good motivation. (laughs) All right. All right, man. All right, man. I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. Be good. Bye. All Thanks again to Paul Mercurio for being on the show. Always nice to hear from Paul. He's one of those few guys, uh, like we had Pete Corrali on, uh, was it last week? or Yeah, Pete Corrali was last week. But he's, again, Paul, another one of those guys that can come on the show anytime. Always have so much to talk to about with him. Now, you can catch Paul April 14th through the 17th at the House of Comedy in Bloomington, Minnesota. His tour dates are kind of restricted these days because he is working on The Late Show, and as he told us, he's been doing more uh, now on The Late Show as well, uh, getting involved more with the writing and stuff. So uh, he plays around New York City a lot, but the only time I guess he gets to get out on the road is uh, when the show is dark, which is a, uh, I guess a couple of times a year when Stephen is on vacation. So do check out Paul. Uh, just go to his website, paulmercurio.com, and that's uh, 
That's all you need to know. And you can get every, all your Paul Mercurio updates. Now, uh, important announcement here. <clears throat> Friends of the show, uh, Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings, are in a uh, contest to uh, be the best band in the Washington, D.C. area. So if um, there's a link we will link to on the Podbean page, but if you're listening to this any other way than through Podbean, I would suggest just Googling Washington Area Music Awards, look for the ballot, and vote for Andy Hawk and the Trainwreck Endings. Simple enough, all right? So the uh, usual credits, the PFT Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble, uh, original music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, Song of the Week we are up to. Uh, is by a group called Slaves. They are from the UK. Uh, there's also a group from Los Angeles, I believe, called Slaves. Now, Slaves, uh, the song we're going to play is called Where's Your Car, Debbie? And it's, uh, as as usual, where I find most of my new music. Uh, it got a lot of play on BBC Radio 1 recently, even though the single came out in 2014, and they've had an album out since, but for some reason... I don't know, but maybe the song was in an advert, as they say, and it uh, got renewed interest that way. But it's a it's a really uh, cool song. Uh, it's got that punky, punky kind of feel to it, like the guy says in the Sid and Nancy movie. Uh, this is uh, Slave's song is Where's Your Car, Debbie? It is our song of the week on PF's Tape Recorder. So long and thanks for listening. <laughs> 